Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Casey Chiropults broadcast brought to you by Katz Chiropractic Consultants, helping chiropractors keep their pulse on success. I'm Dr. Michael Perush. In the studio today, we're, well, we're in opposite studios with Dr. Troy Fox. Troy, how are we doing today? We are doing fantastic, you know, and I've been watching over the past few weeks that uh, you've been doing the podcast without me. I felt I, I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. Yeah, we I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Been gone for a few weeks. But the good news is, is uh, I've gotten emails about more topic while we were gone. Awesome. So I bet, more I, bet topics. Your, I bet your email box is full since you've been yeah, gone. Yeah. And I'm kind of chomping at the bit to ask you more questions. And, and so oh, great. <laughs> so, you know, we're recording this today uh, in the afternoon. So, you know, as docs, a lot of times we've expended all of our energy into the, the end of the day. So I thought, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little game of how much energy do we have this afternoon? Because we're going to talk about something that you guys sometimes say, oh, no, I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we're going to talk, talk a little bit about, about coding today. But I want to ask you a question about that because... You Why know, did I I'll, have a feeling you were going there? Uh, I know. I, I've got to be tough on you now and then. But <laughs> here's, here's, what, here's what a lot of people think, and I, and I want to ask you, you know, a couple questions about this. A lot of people think patient comes in, patient lays down on the table, exposes their spine upward since we're chiropractors, right? That usually right. works the best. When patients say, do you want me to lay on my front or my back? I usually look at them thinking, should I give the smart Alec answer? Absolutely. No, lay, lay face down for me if you would, you know. And so as a chiropractor, I lay him face down. I magically come up with a diagnosis by palpation, orthopedic testing, and I code that patient and go. Is that really how this works? Or with the way insurance works nowadays and the way that their pay is set up, is there a different viewpoint that I should have when I approach a patient and I get ready to frame them in? It's a great question, really. And whoever sent that in, um, I applaud you because you're you're thinking deeply because it it, it is a deep process. Mm-hmm. It is way more than just finding some things on your evaluation of the patient, which is all well and good. But the the real value of a diagnosis is to tell the insurance company what you're treating and why you've laid out the treatment plan the way you have and why you're submitting the codes the way you are. So think of it this way: you're really telling the insurance company a story. And it's a story about the patient and what your findings are. Hold hold on, hold on. Don't you get thrown in jail for telling the insurance company a story, though? <laughs> okay, it can't be fiction. Oh, it's got to be a real, uh, the real story about what's the going on. The real story, yeah. It's okay. got to be the real story. <laughs> okay, continue. Yeah, and the, the way you tell the story is the way you structure your diagnosis. It's the way you put your codes together. So, for example, and we can come up with probably a million examples if uh, if a patient comes in and you diagnose them with the cervical, thoracic, and lumbar subluxation, and that's all you diagnose them with, well, mm-hmm. you're, you're telling a very simplistic story to the insurance company. Because remember, the insurance company is thinking in terms of, okay, this billing is coming from a chiropractor. We're treating function, therefore. <clears throat> and so what's the dysfunction of the patient? Well, of course, we as chiropractors would argue, well, it's the five components of the subluxation process, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the insurance company looks at that as a very simplistic thing. If you just 
if you just code the subluxations, they want more of a robust story. They want to look at the table of contents, which is really kind of what the codes are that you send into the insurance company, mm -hmm. in essence. They want to look at the table of contents and be able to tell that that's a story about somebody who fell off a ladder and really injured their low back. And now they have an a, acute spondylolisthesis with spondylolysis, and they've got radiculopathy uh, down the right side and muscle spasms and gait dysfunction and muscle weakness and all these different things, that's a robust story. And when you put all those codes in, in proper order on your CMS form, remember you've got 12 boxes that you can use. When you put them in proper order and you tell a robust story, the insurance company says, oh, okay, that's why you've treated this patient past six visits or 12 visits excuse me, or past even 18 or 24 visits. There's a reason behind it. And you also have to make sure that you give the insurance company a reason. I really didn't think I could run away with this topic when you brought it up, Troy. <clears throat> Apparently I can. Yeah. You've also got to tell the insurance company why you're submitting the codes that you are, why you did the treatment that you did. So for example, I see some doctors, let's take an activator practitioner um, which is the technique that I use mostly in practice. Great technique, but a lot of doctors aren't, aren't really thinking about necessarily what their coding is. They're thinking about how they treat the patient. And when you're using an activator, you're going from heel to head. And so you, you might be thinking, well, I adjusted the coccyx, the sacrum, the iliums, lumbar, thoracic, cervical, I, that's a five region adjustment. I'm going to bill a 98942. But if the patient, if you, if the patient only had low back pain, for example, and you only put codes in for low back pain, the insurance company is expecting a 98940. Mm -hmm. And when you have that disparity in your coding and your treatment, then, then you are telling a fictional story to the insurance company. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's a very important point that you just made. And I, and I think you, you said it loud enough, but I want everyone to hear this, that if you're going to diagnose multiple regions of the spine, you have to have a story that supports that. Exactly. You can't just say patient came in with neck pain today, neck stiffness, couldn't move their head to the right, you know, no positive orthopedics, uh, you know, and we're going to see the patient three times a week for the next four weeks. Right. And you're going, okay, yeah, as the insurance company, you're going, okay, I, I don't understand two things. One, the simplicity of your of your coding or your diagnosis. Two, how come I'm getting charged for a four-region adjustment? And the only thing you ever talked about in your notes was, so that's kind of what we're talking about here is yeah. the story has to match the treatment and the, and the coding or the diagnosis. Yeah, like I always say, you got to connect the dots. You got to help mm -hmm. the insurance company understand not only what the patient's condition is, but why you are billing the treatment codes that you are. And the story's all got to mesh together. Mm -hmm. It's got to mesh together. And, you know, then we wonder why we get the letter that says, hey, I'm Mr. Blue Cross. I would really like to take a look at your notes for such and such dates. Well, right. there's a reason why they want to look at them. It's because there was, there's potentially some disparity in the story you told. Mm -hmm. And it's that disparity that throws up the white flag and tells the insurance company, um, hey, let's audit them. Let's just see what's going on there. 
Yeah, and I think we've we've probably all been guilty of that at some point or another in our practice. I know that I I was early on. I didn't really understand that my story needed to match what I was billing. I mean, what I was billing right. wasn't a bad thing. I just didn't really do a good enough job of eloquently writing the story. In other words, uh, you know, the movie script doesn't didn't really match out match up with what was coming out. So the insurance company's paying for three to four regions. The patient may have had or, or did have three or four regions that they were they were having problems in. But I focused on the singular area of the spine mainly. And then the other was just an add-on. It was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they're having some problems over here, but let's focus on this. So, yeah, I, I right. think you bring up a really important point, and, it, and getting audited is really, I don't think, anything anybody really gets a warm fuzzy about. No, and, and there are random audits where you, sure. your number just comes up, but most of the time, it's because you probably threw up a white flag somewhere. You told a disparate story. And the insurance company says, hey, let's just take a peek and see what's going on. And folks listening to this, watching this video, whatever, it's easy for it to happen. And mm -hmm. you've got to really make sure that you engage the entire team and take part of the ownership of this off of just the doctor monitoring it. It's on the staff too. If a staff sees uh, that you build something different today than you normally do, question it. or if you know this patient's only having neck pain and we're billing out a 98942 and a 98943, red flag it. Have the doctor look at it. I can tell you many, many times my staff would catch things and be like, oh, dang, where, what the heck was I thinking? Well, I was thinking about treating the patients more than I was thinking about treating my records so mm -hmm. oftentimes, especially if you're in a busy practice like you and I, you, you know, you're so focused on the patients. Right. It's, it's easy to let your guard down. It's really yeah. easy. So that probably leads us to the next question of what are good ways to have checks and measures during treatment in your practice? And what does the insurance really expect that you're going to do from a form of progress on that patient as we move forward? Everybody knows about notes. Everybody knows that we should do those. Well, you should, well, more than just do them, you should do them adequately, right? Do them and do so them well. It's a big you thing should we do teach. them well. What else is the insurance company expecting from us? Is, is there anything with uh, maybe an intermediate progress exam, an outcomes exam? What, what else should we be doing in addition to encompassing the patient's whole problem? And we don't want you to write a novel, but by right. all means, we want you to do a good job of taking notes and encompass everything that's going on with your patient. And that sometimes may require a few minutes after the patient's gone or in the evening to complete your notes. And right. so that's why in the computerized note systems, a lot of them allow you to basically shelve that note until you're ready to finish it. So right. okay. we want you to do an adequate job. But Dr. Perush, what do you what do you think? What about what about doing an intermediate exam or an outcome assessment exam? What, what should we do with that stuff? Yeah, another good question. You know, the standards of care today are still that you need to be tracking in some logical manner the outcomes of the patient. So how is the patient progressing? And that has really nothing to do about pain. Pain may be a component of it, but never a singular all by itself of measuring mm -hmm. outcomes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, in my opinion, the outcome assessment questionnaires, um, like Oswestry and, and neck pain disability and those, mm -hmm. I think were the greatest gift to the chiropractic profession because that's where you get to track your goals. 
So periodically, yes, you should get off the mouse wheel, reevaluate the patient, do your orthopedics, your neurologicals, those kind of things, and have that patient fill out that outcome assessment questionnaire again. And I can hear docs out there right now. <laughs> oh, I hate having patients fill those things out. They whine and groan and moan about them. Well, tell them why it's important. You know, I always made sure that my patients knew absolutely why they were filling that out. And when they know and they understand that, they're happy to do it. Right. But it's what gives you the credence to track those outcomes. You know, can I sit for 30 minutes and read a book? And can I sleep for two hours? I mean, those are important outcomes. And when you get the patient then to a certain point, the only way you know is to periodically stop and do those progress evaluations, which you should do every two to four weeks or every six to probably eight or nine visits. Just make sure you're doing those because those are the standard of care. And, and a lot of docs, and Troy, you and I hear this all the time, oh, the insurance company isn't paying for it. Well, that's probably because you're not billing it correctly. So you have to make sure that anytime you're billing an adjustment and an evaluation of management code and an exam code, that you've got the proper modifier on it. You need to have the 2-5 modifier on the exam, and you need to have in your notes why you did the exam, and it's to track functional outcomes for the patient. So yes, those things are incredibly important. Well, it's pretty easy to do if you understand the parameters, if you understand the rules to the game. It's kind of like when me and my kids and my wife get out a board game that we haven't played for a year or two, and all of a sudden we're going, okay, what do we do before our turn, or how do we determine who goes when, and do you get, yeah. And so you go through the rules again and figure it out. Those of you that are in practice should know the rules. Ignorance is not bliss. And in a lot of time, in a lot of cases, it's actually taking money out of your pockets that you should be paid for services that you're providing to patients. And so we see that a lot where people go, well, I'm going broke practicing chiropractic and I'd really like to do better. Uh, but what do I need to do? And I think a lot of times people are shocked when we tell them simple things like, you know, proper coding would bring in you know, X number of dollars a month for you. Right. If you actually, you, you know, once we do a review of your, of your notes and your, and your billing and realize that you're leaving money on the table for services you provided, that's like me running a grocery store and just giving away every third gallon of milk going, Oh, Oh, you don't need to pay for that today. Right. My credit right. card machine's broke. You just take, you just take that. Go ahead. Or and every before, patient or every patient coming into the grocery store or consumer coming into the grocery store wants a loaf of bread, but you don't carry it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a real catch 22 sometimes with you guys because you have all the great tools. You're a great doctor. You have a great practice. I walk into your practice and it's well appointed. Your staff is very kind when I walk through the door. And then you don't bill correctly for the stuff that you do, or you're not coding, or your notes are non-existent. Please, yep. if your notes are non-existent, you've got to make some changes. And that's part of what we talk about. It's not all bad. Most, most docs have got notes. I don't know if any of us ever will hold up to the standard of what is considered the, 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 you know, a great note. I've tried over the years, and I think a lot of people have, and we, and we come very close, but there, I think it's always just out of reach, the perfect note. I think there's always something else we probably could have put in that note, you know, an additional detail we could have added. So I think you have to find that happy medium as well, but if your notes, you are, not, if your notes are not good, you really need to take a step back, and you need to take a step back today and say, how am I going to change my practice right now? 
tomorrow morning, how am I going to go in and practice taking better notes? How am I going to document what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and then getting paid for it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really not that complex, but sometimes it takes, it's almost like an act of God because you feel like you have to move a mountain to make that happen. In reality, you don't, you just need a little help. It's absolutely right. And that's something that you can't put your head in the sand on, you know, Mm-mm. Again, I, I hear every excuse in the world, but I hear docs say all the time, yeah, I'll worry about my notes later. Right now, the insurance company's paying me, so you know things must be good. That That is a big squirrel trap, I'm telling you. Oh, that, yeah. because Just because they're paying you, they're called post-payment audits for a reason. It's because right. they've paid you, and now they get to come try to take it back, and they don't just take back the $100 they pay you they paid you, they might take back 500 or 700 with mm-hmm. fines and, uh, and penalties. So, you know, don't just assume that because the insurance company is sending you a check for that service that uh, you're out of the woods. Take the time to make sure that your documentation is up to snuff. If, if you don't know how to do it, get a coach that can help you with it. That's I happen to know important. a couple. I know a couple of guys. You know, this is something we teach all the time. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we actually made that topic more fun than watching paint dry. <laughs> and that in itself is a challenge because it's not, you know, it's, it's not flashy. I mean, it's not a sexy topic. Yeah, Lee, no, not at all. So we're going to try important. I'm going to sift through my emails for next week and we're going to find one that's maybe, <laughs> okay, maybe a little more exciting. But I think that was such an important topic to discuss because it guys, is. guys and gals, we want to see you get paid. We want to see you flourish Absolutely. and get and you paid should. every penny of what you deserve. You should. You should be absolutely living your dreams, not your nightmares in practice. Yep. You should be living in the house you want to live in, driving the car you want to drive, and taking the vacations that you want and taking your significant other out to dinner, wherever you want to take them. That should be happening. And if it's not, let's fix it because you should be. Yeah. And you know, what's not holding you back, the town you live in, the the area where your practice is at, it's you, right? you, and you can change that. And that's the great thing is you're in, you're in control of this and we can help, we can help you with it. So. Well, what a great topic today, man. Thanks for going through that. that. Whoever sent that in. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was Enjoyed awesome. it. All right, everybody. I think we're checking out here. So thanks for tuning in to the KC Cairo Pulse, brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping you keep your Pulse on success. Do me a favor, actually do yourself a favor, and check us out at catsconsultants.com. And from all of us here at Cats Consultants, stay informed and well-adjusted. We'll see you next time. Yep, we'll see you later.